You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Check, check. To another episode of Open Mic. I hope you're enjoying the sweet, sweet tunes of Ransom here on your Valentine's Day. Your Ransom is a new band from my friend Tyler Wicks and his new wife Samantha. Tell me more about the song Argentina, like uh, the songwriting process. Um, what story are you telling there? Where'd that come from? Definitely. Um, so the the song it's it's very much inspired by the Rolling Stones. Um, this whole album is um inspired by 60s and 70s rock and roll very rock and roll (laughs) Uh, that whole era um the era of music and just kind of like the political climate and everything that was going on in those two decades is very 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 similar to the current political climate that we have right now and and in society so that era inspired this and like just kind of drawn parallels from here to there uh, but Argentina is kind of like a, it's kind of like a anomaly in the middle of it because I was watching <laughs> um, this Rolling Stones documentary, which I love the Stones. Uh, Keith Richards is one of my favorite guitar players, and um, it uh, it showed on there they have this huge following in Argentina, like it's a huge subculture in that country, like more than I ever thought. Like they are basically the Beatles coming to town whenever they go into Argentina, like they block the streets. People are just all up, like they're just up in arms, right? It's, it's insane. 
Um, and I, I guess they were like one of the biggest bands that, that one of the first big bands that came to Argentina. So it just kind of left a lasting impression on that country. It's like Justin Bieber big. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> like even bigger, like, they, like where we have Elvis impersonators over here in Vegas, they have Mick Jagger impersonators over in Argentina. <laughs> like it's a big subculture down there. Um, awesome. So like I was watching that and the song is actually about getting older and not being able to numb the pain like you used to be able to, you know, (laughs) we've all, uh, we all, I mean, you know, coping strategies can be this or that, but you know, the younger you are, the more unhealthy the coping strategies are for you in a lot of cases. And, um, it's just, um, it's about struggling with that. And so like, comparing that and drawing that parallel to the Rolling Stones, watching that documentary, like you know, Keith Richards quit smoking, you know, it's hard to see like, like he's always had that cigarette in his mouth when he's up there playing guitar, you know, never missing a lick, just cigarette hanging out of his mouth, you know, chain smoking. He never got yes, one. iconic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, He had quit smoking, you know, it's just little things like that. And, um, uh, yeah, that's basically what it's about. There's obviously like some little, um, I guess cryptic things in the lyrics, like the second verse <laughs> it's um, I keep my pain reliever underneath my side of the bed. Um, <laughs> I lay awake at night, regretting all the things that I've said. I hope I never have to use it on the side of my head. <laughs> and so it's very like, <laughs> are you keeping a gun under your bed there? <laughs> Should we be worried? <laughs> that's uh nothing can go under a bed <laughs> <laughs> no we have a home uh, bed and when i was bringing it into that when i bought it um brought it in the house and i broke one of the legs off so i just <laughs> cut the other three off and so now the bed is <laughs> on the floor awesome so i don't have anything under my bed no it's a song but uh <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah it's just this cryptic way to say yeah uh, the older i get the more I struggle with depression and stuff like that. It's interesting how that happens, isn't it? Yeah. There's more life to deal with at that point. But yeah, that's, I mean, very relatable. And I think that's the biggest thing for me about your lyrics is how you're able to tell a story and, and reveal a part of yourself through it and also keep it extremely entertaining. And like you said, the whole album has a whole rock and roll vibe to it but at the same time you're talking about some really serious stuff and you're releasing this album with your new lovely wife how long have you guys been married Uh, speaking of valentine's day since october 6th yep nice not that long how did you guys meet then because last time i saw tyler i was screaming fuck you i won't do what you tell me on stage I've heard that story. Yeah. Fairly <laughs> certain he was single at that point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we met, actually met a long time ago. I was in high school. She was not. Um, she's older than me a little bit. And um, she, uh, like, we we went to, like, her dad is the pastor of Harvest Fellowship Church. At the time, it was Harvest, Har- it was, no, it was Rebel and Springs Church, Church of, of God. God. Yeah. <laughs> Rebel Springs Church of God and I went to Lafayette Church of God. They were neighboring cities and it was sister churches. And so we would get to our churches would get together and do these music things like these uh, little concerts um or little, you know, worship services. And so we met at one of those and like like 
our church we came we played and then their church was playing i was like that drummer's really cute and um i was like i definitely gonna talk to her after service and <laughs> went up and talked to her and she was with her boyfriend i'm like man <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah like that's literally like she always had a boyfriend basically yeah <laughs> so it's her own fault y'all didn't get together earlier i see how it is <laughs> yep. we married different people we got divorced from those people yeah and then wow still always kept a boyfriend and then she finally didn't have one and uh <laughs> yeah i think uh i hit him up on yeah. facebook after i like finally was single this last time and was it i asked like when you were playing music the next time because i wanted to come see you and i was like by the way i'm you know getting used to the single life and then <laughs> i don't know how i worded it you you probably remember it, it wasn't that abrupt <laughs> 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 so, so, when I you play it again, Tyler, and by the way, like, you know, <laughs> you should ask me out. <laughs> no, I, I think I asked how's life or, you know, what's new or something like that. And she said, oh, you know, adjusting to the single life. I'm like, oh, yeah, God. The subtext yeah. was there, though. There you go. <laughs> nice. So his next text was what? <laughs> <laughs> I. I I put that information in my pocket. I wasn't going to make it up. <laughs> I pulled it up like two days later or something. I was like, hey, yeah, why don't we go see a movie or something? I can't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, we went to see Brightburn. Yeah, we did. But uh, yeah, but we were friends. Like, I added her on Facebook like a year before we ever started dating. And uh, so, we, like, I still message. We messaged each other and sent each other memes and stuff, even though she had a boyfriend. Hmm. It was like, I got past the point of caring. <laughs> <laughs> the memes. Really <laughs> those memes make those panties drop. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was gonna make an office reference. <laughs> Please don't. He, he pulled a gym. <laughs> so, anyway, so Ransom uh, hasn't been around very long, and neither has this new relationship. So, how much of the, these songs are? Uh, collaboration or how much of this was did you have written and just waiting to get married to put out an album <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of songs that i wrote uh, a while ago uh, but most of it is brand new um and uh like so the song being broken i wrote with my friend um let's see probably six years ago i guess now and uh that was that was still one of those fresh out of the divorce songs, you know. <laughs> You're mad at me for being broken, but I didn't do this to myself. So just piece me back together and place me back up on my shelf. Waiting there, dust collecting. Layer after layer upon my soul You pick me up just to dust me off And then you let me go If you don't love me now Then tell me who will There's no use in starting over If we try, where would we begin? 
promise to myself I'd never go back there again Once to me you were a fantasy As pure as the beige in your lips Then our love became a tragedy When I felt you loosen your grip I feel I remember believing that you could still break my fall But you were already walking away like you had no reason at all If you don't love me now, then tell me who the song live free was actually it was around the same era um probably not that long ago it was like it's it's you know it was about my anxiety i was at a time in my life when like my anxiety was like really bad and i realized that i had been making all my decisions based on that like all of my decisions were based out of fear you know i'm afraid this is going to happen so i'm going to do this and when i come to that realization i was like this i can't do this anymore and it was like the resolution of I'm not, I'm not going to let fear run my life anymore. If I'm, if I'm making my decisions based on fear, then I'm not actually making my decisions. I'm letting fear decide for me. So that's what that song Live Free is about. much of a songwriter he mostly writes the songs and sends them to me while i'm at work and i'll <laughs> sneak at them and think about like what i'm gonna play on them when i get here like yeah. i believe argentina uh he sent it to me while i was at work i got home we played it once then we recorded it live posted it and then we went and recorded it in the studio that same day yeah <laughs> nice nice we were, we were going to record that night and uh I was uh, she. I was off on thir on Fridays at the time because I was on second shift and uh, she was working, and so I was just I had that song in my head and I was writing it and so I wrote it all day, sent it to her 
And then she comes home and like we had we had two songs we were planning on recording that night, and then we swapped it when we got there. We're like, we're doing this one today, like just yeah, all in one day. Nice. Wow, that's a an epic. Uh, what want to say a marathon of recording yeah so reset sessions i've i'm not a musician at all but i've been a part of a lot of different recording um experiences and to sit down and hammer that out like um especially like newly married i'm sure that was a lot of fun but i mean it it it, 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 i mean you guys definitely like are tight together so it it sounds good it was it was a lot of fun and we wanted it to be like a run and gun uh, process because we wanted it to sound more raw. Um, the recording process was a whole lot more raw back in the 60s and 70s. And mm-hmm. so we didn't want it to sound really super polished. So what we did was we um, would record the first guitar track and her drum track at the same time. We did no metronome and we played it like it was live on the floor. Like we were just going to play it like live. And so I played the guitar, she played the drums, and we recorded both those tracks, got them at the same time. Then after that, I would stack the other tracks on top of that. So I recorded second and third guitar tracks, then a bass track, then the vocal tracks. So like, but we we wanted it to do that. That way it wasn't super polished because like if it was super polished, it wouldn't sound like, you know, authentic to that era. Yeah. Did you guys plan on playing live? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, We, uh. So Sorry, then do you have a bass player to play with you? Then I'm assuming you're playing guitar then when you play live or how are you going to do that? Yeah, we're, we're doing it as a two piece right now and which, um, we've been doing mostly acoustic stuff. Um, but we're, I mean, we've looked into the, maybe the possibility of throwing in a bass player, but we've got such a good dynamic, just us mm-hmm. that it's kind of a hard decision. We don't yeah. know. We, we've looked at a couple of people and every time we find someone that, originally we think oh that might be good and then we kind of look more into him and we're like i don't know so it's just such a like with with any band it's it's such a fragile thing like when you have a good dynamic yeah it's really fragile adding a third person or adding another person into the mix could really jeopardize that so it's a it's a tough decision so yeah we're gonna keep seeing how it goes and uh i don't know we haven't found that somebody yet though I mean, there are a lot of bands out there with married people in them that are successful that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Waterdeep being one of them. They used to have two married couples in their band. But I'm pretty sure that they didn't like get married and then start a band. And so that, that, that dynamic is really, I mean, I've joked about it a couple of times, but it has to be a roller coaster because you, you think about the dynamics of a band and how you know like you were saying how how fragile it can be and then you think about you know marriage especially the first year of a marriage that like me and elizabeth been married for 11 years now and so it's um i would not i don't want to go i would not want to go back no. that way. <laughs> I'm i am do not to envy you guys right now <laughs> sorry but no <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed. That's for sure. I don't, uh, and I, I just don't want to like say something and it just destroy everything. Like that, be like, you know, I'm not daring God or anything right now. But like, it's, <laughs> like, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to yeah. be honest with you. It like, is. we get along pretty well, and we were, I mean, we were best friends before we ever even started dating, kind of. So it's just kind of 
it's honestly easy. I don't know any other way to say it. We uh, we disagree, but we respect each other enough that we're not going to beat the other one over the head with, you know, like you're wrong Birdman. because of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you That's say? it with Birdman. With <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll guilt trip. I don't know. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> that's that's your bag, huh? You, <laughs> you all kinds of like uh, you got receipts, you got ticket stubs from all your goat trips. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we we don't take ourselves too seriously, and we also aren't afraid to laugh at ourselves. Like I know I'm petty sometimes, but I can laugh at myself. Like I'm petty, and then she'll laugh, and it makes me laugh too. And we just we laugh, and we just move yeah. on. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really. <laughs> there are a lot of what I would say not religious overtones to your songs, but a lot of things that you can tell were written from a place of you know, struggling with, you know, coming out of a religious system. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's, 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 no, there's, there's no question there yet. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to no. get it. No, you're good. You're good. I think you know where I'm going with this. But I mean, as far as so, where are you with, with all that? And a lot of it, you're really putting down the religious system. But I've heard you talk in, in other circles that you guys still play church on a Sunday morning. Oh yeah. So 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 how does um how does that work out? So I, I was fortunate enough to. Uh... Like I, I feel like I won the lottery because I was also seeking something missing that was in my spiritual life um, at church, and like just feel like feeling like I was going to church. I was actually the worship leader at the church I was going to, and there's so there's great people. It was a wonderful family there. I still love them very much. Still go visit. You know, um, just great people. Really good friends of mine, and uh, it just felt like there was something missing. It felt like I wasn't growing um when i was there i felt like that i wasn't learning things and that you know i didn't know where it was that i was supposed to learn things but i didn't feel like it was there it just wasn't happening and um we started dating and i was you know i was going to try her church i'd already actually already left my church uh fairly early when we started dating and i was like well I, you know i'll try to go to yours and just see what happens and first sunday i'm like ah, i don't think i can go here at all because <laughs> I I didn't feel like I had the patience. Um, <laughs> Harvest Fellowship Church is truly, truly, and I know this. So many people say this, and I feel like a lot of people say what I'm saying right now. Oh, everybody says this, but it truly is a church for the rejects. It's the church. It's a church for the people that nobody else wants. I feel like a lot of churches say that, but then you go there and it's still the same people that, you know, tithe. And all. <laughs> it's just, like, I, I, I don't know. Like it's, I would say 90% of the church attendees are either current addicts or recovering addicts. That's correct? probably correct. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fairly accurate. I feel like, um, there's an ADO program. And the ADO so you, program. you go to an AA meeting. You don't go to church. It's <laughs> 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 like the Sunday morning worship of an AA meeting. Yes. <laughs> a different name. And so, so the first time I went there, I'm like, I don't have the patience to go here because 
nobody's watching their kids. Like the kids are like running around, like, you know, and it's just like stressful. Like, you know, it's just like so random and literally, I mean, it's, you know, there's been people that have went into episodes, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, DTs or, or anything like that. I, you know, I don't really know what's going on and stuff, but there's been episodes during church and I'm like, I, I don't think I have the patience to go here. And like, I, it was like, I don't know how many days, like just a few days later, I'm like, that's why I need to go there <laughs> because I don't have the patience to go to church with these people. So I need the, you know what I mean? Like, it was like the answer literally right there staring me in the face and um it's it's really cool um and i the album is not necessarily i'm not calling out the church um and i I know you know me and you know you know what i'm about and everything i'm uh so what are you so afraid of let me let me just go peel it all the way back to kind of like the inspiration for the theme if that's okay yeah, that's fine. Cause I was going to say, and talk about fearing people as well. Cause I'm wondering, do, do you get to play that on Sunday mornings? <laughs> <laughs> we probably could if they wanted us to, but, um, so I was watching the movie, a time to kill. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It was one of my favorite movies. I did a book report on the book when I was in junior high, you know, nice. <laughs> and, uh, my little brother and sister had never seen it. And I'm like, they have got to watch this movie. I found the Blu-ray at Best Buy. And so we were watching it and there's a scene in the middle of the movie and, um, a character turns to another character and says, uh, we have to do something about this. Um, which I don't want to give spoilers for the movie. If you haven't watched the movie, you go watch it, but there's something that happens. And one character says, we need to do something about this thing that happened. And, um, they say, what are you I feel like about? we just started doing a movies that motivate. <laughs> right, right. Hey, these are the movies that. Anyway, <laughs> so one character turns to another character and they say, "We need to do something about this." The other character says, "Uh, you know, what do you mean? Like, like, you know, there's the clan ain't around anymore." And uh, this, by the way, this is a racial thing. Um, <laughs> the other character says, "Oh, they're still around." Then character two says, "What do you mean, skinheads?" Character one says, no, I'm talking about good God-fearing client. And that struck a note with me, like, big time. I'd seen that movie a lot. I read the book. And it just, it hit me that the, the KKK believe themselves to be, to be good God-fearing people. They, they have, they, they, I, they, in their minds, they think they're doing the right thing. You go, you really look at Hitler Hitler thought he was doing the right thing. He considered himself to be a God-fearing person. There are very many pastors and leaders that consider themselves to be God-fearing people that I don't think they're doing what they need to be doing. They're actually hurting people. They're harming uh, people. They're, they're really driving people into the ground. Um, there are leaders in this country that consider themselves to be God-fearing people that I believe they are <laughs> if you just ch- if you just look at history i mean you can see that any the whole god fearing thing you got uh the crusades happened out of yep. that in yep. history if we're not careful can repeat itself so yeah it's, indeed slavery slave owners would use the bible against their slaves saying you know read this bible this is why you need to be a good slave they used that against people to control them i think that goes on often in the church abroad under my 
So you're just talking a lot about the KKK earlier. Should I be concerned about? I thought that was a ghost on the front of your album, but now, now I'm not sh- so sure. Oh, so anymore. Still be friends. <laughs> the ghost. No. Who, who's that underneath the sheet? <laughs> the ghost on the cover of the album is symbolic of the looming presence of racism that is still in our country. It. Everybody says it's dead. It's supposed to have died, but yet it's a ghost, but it still affects things. It's still here. Even though it's dead, or so people say, it's still here. So in that sense, it's a ghost. And it also, you know, yes, it's very reminiscent of the getup that the clan wore, you know. So it all kind of ties in together. Oh, fearing people definitely have a lot more reason for me to fear them now. (laughs) Samantha, what's your favorite song on the album? Um, so my favorite song is Old Dead Witch. Uh, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, it's the heaviest song. Um, I'm more like influenced by heavier rock. Okay. Um, Led Zeppelin's like one of my favorite bands. It's very like, it's got that just kind of bluesy, heavy feel to it. And like, I really like, what the meanings of the lyrics are too, but he's better at explaining them. So I can't like, you know, what do you, what do you get out of the song though? Lyrically. So in old dead, Witch, it's sort of representative of anything that you need to get out of your life or that has just been like weighing on you and you want to get away. Um, like it could be an old relationship. It could be drugs and alcohol or, uh, just anything that just will not get out of your mind and you need to, get it out and kill it and you're not going to stop until it's dead. Yep.
How long have you been playing the drums, Samantha? Uh, 17 years. Nice. And, and other than church bands, how many bands have you, you, you've played in? Uh, this will be my third non-church band. I was in a very punk rock band in my early 20s. Well, late teens, early 20s. Um, and then later on, I was in an all-female version cover band of the Ramones. Cool. Of what? <laughs> the, Ramones. the Ramones. We were called the Ramones. Very cool. That that sounds like so much fun. I I envy you. <laughs> I want to start a band so bad, but I'm not in a place where I can do that. <laughs> it was actually like even though the Ramones songs are fairly simple, it was a lot harder for me to play them than I thought it would be because they're so fast. Like one thing about the Ramones was they constantly tried to see how fast they could play their whole set um, live. So sometimes they would just play it as fast as possible and then just like throw their stuff down and leave. So it's very tiring playing their song. That's kind of funny. I don't miss that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would either. I like to breathe in the music. Like let's just rest here. Like, Fish is one of Omar's favorite bands and he introduced the family to Fish and took us to a show in December and it was just so relaxing. <laughs> like four hours or so of just chill. <laughs> yeah. So the album is releasing. What's the release date? It's already released. It, re it released uh, January 31st. All right. So it's out. It's up on Spotify and everything. All right, so you can find it online. And then are you guys taking your music on a tour at all or playing live shows with just the two of you? Yeah, definitely. We, uh, we've got a, a gig booked in uh, uh, Chattanooga. That's uh, March 14th yep. at be uh, fun. Ziggy's. So that's going to be cool. We're booking local gigs. We're looking into Cookville and Lebanon. It'll be close by. But uh, we're hopefully, it's not, it's not set in stone. But hopefully we got something coming in Charlotte, Omar and Elizabeth. What? what? 
Yeah. Yeah. When are you planning on to do that? It's it'll we'll be in the come summer. Come down and see that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be in the summer. So fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and if people want to check you out on social media, or actually, where should they go to buy your stuff? I mean, I don't guess people sell hard copies of anything anymore. So, are you just digital at this point? We have physical copies, and if you want a physical copy, you can totally like message us on Facebook, and we can make that happen. Um, we uh, would charge like. Is it just rans- ransom uh, ba- the band on Facebook or? Yeah, just uh, ransom on Facebook. I think is the only thing you can like. You just type that in, probably you, it'll come up. Um, on Instagram, we are at ransom band, uh, one word, and um, we've got a band camp uh, you, that you can, so you can get the digital album there on Bandcamp ransom dot We have merch, uh, which is just like you know, we've got shirts, coffee mugs, all that stuff on Threadless ransom dot uh, but as far as like, a, if you want a physical copy of a CD, hit us up on Facebook and uh, we can, we can make that happen. They're eight bucks a piece. And if it, you know, depending on where it's going, might be a couple extra bucks for shipping. Um, but yeah, um, digitally though, anywhere music streams and anywhere you can actually buy music digitally, we're probably there. Yes, definitely go check these guys out, support them. I know Tyler, I've met him a handful of times. Great guy. Sam, it's great to meet you virtually hopefully this summer in charlotte we can come down and and hear you guys and and hang out and buy you guys a drink or something like that it'll be fun it'll be a whole lot of fun but seriously thanks for coming on um and yeah support these guys check them out you guys rock appreciate you man like literally rock (laughs) (laughs) i found out like a dad joke (laughs) i mean what do you expect (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to fade to gray podcast this episode was brought to you by our patrons if you want to figure out how to support us go to patreon.com backslash fade to gray podcast and join the group that helps support our podcast to stay up to date, Fade to Gray Podcast is part of the Fade to Gray Network. If you'd like to know more, find us online at fadetograypodcast.com. There you'll be able to find out about other podcasts within our network. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Fade to Gray Podcast and on Twitter at Fade to Gray Pod. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Until next time, guys. Peace. Yeah.